Gotta love some puzzles. Howdy do, welcome to another episode of D&D Valiant Odyssey. I'm sitting around the table with Drew, I've got Xavi, I've got Jasuyundu, and I've got Achilles, four mighty warriors that are currently braving the trove of convergence. You guys are entering the room of Nicestus and it's getting hot in her. So, so take, take off all your clothes. All right, beautiful. As you enter this room, you immediately feel the heat seems to be emanating off of the stones. You can feel it coming from the floor and the walls around you. As you get to this stone doorway, you seem to approach it, and as you do, it opens. And as it opens, the room inside is glowing orange. It seems to be glowing from the edges uh, around this square-shaped room. You can see it's approximately 35 feet by 35 feet around, mm-hmm. and in the middle of it, you can see this circular statue that seems to have these discs around each of the edges. As you look at them closely, you can see that they appear to be shields, and you can see that there's symbols around the edges of each. You look towards the back wall, and you can see a squat-looking dwarven woman that seems to be holding a hammer up to the sky and there seems to be an anvil at her feet and you can see that she appears to have this uh, raging look on her face as she's beating this anvil. Uh, you know that to be the god of the forge, Nykestis. As you look towards these symbols, these shields, you can see that they seem to be glowing in this light but they appear to be made of bronze. As you look towards the floor and the walls, you can see that there is some ash piles around as well. Upon closer inspection, you look and see that there appears to be some bones within them. As you look towards the walls, you can see that there appears to be a silhouette of a humanoid and the edges of it blackened as if somebody was there and was blasted away. There appears to be an element of danger in this room. As you enter, it seems to get hotter. Boom, boom, boom. As we go into the room, I look at the the group again and uh, I say, there's another chapter, another verse here from from the book, and I, I read it to them. Nykestis makes good from old and new. Her forge, it heats the earth. For when she's mad, you always see her fiery might burst forth. She fixes and she mends all things, bronze statues in her wake. But if it's wrong, she'll get real mad and all her things will break. Can I roll investigation on the statue in the middle? As you look towards it, you can see that there are four shields, all of varying sizes, and you can see that around the edges of each shield, there appear to be numbers 1 through 12, and they all appear to be on, they're sitting horizontally, and they seem to be on a spinner, so you could spin them if you wanted to. You can see that the the actual arms also rotate, and you can see the top one's the smallest and the bottom one's the biggest. Yep, and then if we look around the rest of the room, like say on the walls or... The rest of that, does it look like that points of the shield will point to anything in particular? So like we need to obviously match them up to something. Roll an investigation check. 12. Looking around, you don't really see many symbols on the walls. It's mostly smooth stonework. The only thing you do recognize is those silhouettes of people that seem to be blasted away. Mm-hmm. As you stand in here for a bit longer, I need you all to make another constitution save. Okay, so all of you are resisting the heat quite well, but Drew, having read this book and taking your mind off of actually physically resisting for a moment, you take three points of fire damage um, as the heat is just almost suffocating. Your breath becomes hard to breathe as you're just almost encompassed by this entire heat. I'm going to cast Cool Wounds on myself. Yep. Are, are there 1 to 12 numbers on every single this of the shield? There's 1 to 12 on every single shield. Roll an investigation check as you look at the shields, though. Okay, so as you look at the shields, 
you being a man and a soldier that has seen many, many battles, you look at three of these four shields and they appear to be immaculate, perfect, shiny, polished, beautiful, numbers engraved without error. The numbers is just off skew the tiniest bit and you can see there's one scuff that seems to lead down like a scarf from the middle to the edge. It's very faint and you can only see it in some forms of light. What's the number that appears to be scuffed? Ah, uh, four. Well, in the book, in the story passage thing, it says she wants things fixed. So the three, the other three, what are the numbers on those? They have all the numbers? They or? have all the numbers, one to 12. Yeah. And they're perfect. They're they all perfect. perfectly, mm-hmm. looks like they're, you've never seen finer shields in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, these, so that's on the bottom rung or? No, the, the top, top three are perfect. Yep. The bottom one seems to be, there's one number that seems to be off skew and a, there's this, like a small scarring, almost like a seam in the forging uh, of the shield. Mm. So yeah, it says she fixes and she mends all things, bronze statues in her wake. Okay. So all four of you move your way around the shields and you start rotating them and you put the numbers lining up with the statue or the, the artwork of so Nykestis. So the number four should be facing her because that's the one you said that's yep. scarred. So. so the number four on each of the shields is facing her. As you begin to turn each one, as you get lower and lower, it starts to get hotter and hotter and hotter in this room. It starts to get extremely hot and then you actually see a fire burst forth in the corner and then one like 10 feet away from you just... <laughs> And then immediately in front of you, you watch as this swirling vortex of flame begins to emanate in the room and you watch as it takes humanoid form and it looks to you and it just whirls around in this torrent of flame and you look at it and it just begins to strike at you. Uh, We'll roll initiative. We have Shavi. As you look towards this area, the room is getting hotter and hotter. This fire spirit just emanates up towards you. And as it does, you watch as it reflects on the bronze shields that you had just been turning around. What would you like to do? After that, you're up your sweet. Oh, I suppose we gotta get rid of it. Let's attack it. Go for it. <laughs> so you watch the tattoos flare. <laughs> well, pretty much because yep. yeah, I wish to run up him and jump at the fire. Make it a badass. You watch as you run up Achilles' back, do a backflip and land directly in front of it. Blades flourishing from the tattoos as you land. Uh, roll your attack. <laughs> so for now, I would just want to do one attack. Mm-hmm. No, it's a 15 was the best one. 15's a hit. hit. Okay. Yep. So roll your damage plus the auto crit. What's auto crit? Because it was advanced. Having sliced part of it, you watch as your blades grow extremely hot and you're standing in a readied position. Just sweet, you're up. And then Drew, you're after that. All right. So I am also going pow straight off the straight off from the hip. Bang. Yeah. The first one fires off and it hits the stone wall. 19 yeah. will hit. So the second <laughs> one, you realign your shot and you're able to uh, fire. Uh, roll your damage, so it'll be a D10 plus four, I believe. Or 16. So 16 points of damage. You watch as the second bullet, you line up perfectly, holding it gangster style, blow off a hole out of this swirling vortex of fire. And as you do, you watch as it rise and wreathes forward, uh, allowing it to be Drew's turn and you're next after that, Achilles. Pop a cap and does it look like AF. it's uh, still pretty beefy or is it looking like it's messed up? It looks pretty beefy okay, still cool. and <laughs> it's angry. Every fire, every piece of damage you watch as it screams and whirls and moves towards you in a reckless, destructive way. Right. So Drew looks then and sees that we've been attacking this thing. Like he wants to definitely jump in and join the fight. So you see Drew start to run at the elemental. And as he's running towards it, you see him get down on all fours and he's changing. And what you see is almost in your heads, you can picture this battle music 
start to play while he transforms into an animal and all you can hear is... Changing into a tiger, you watch as your form full and embodied. What would you like to do? Pounce. So he jumps at the creature and the creature must succeed on DC 13 strength save or be knocked prone. It fails, but it is immune to the prone condition. Damn, that's okay. So then I'm going to go up and try and bite this sucker. All right. So as you go up, you pounce and you seem to go straight through it, but then you turn around and go to attempt to bite it in your magical jaws. And that is a 17 to hit. That'll hit. Seven damage. Seven damage. Okay. So as you bite it, it doesn't appear to be doing as much damage as you thought through the bite, but you can see that Xavi's magical attacks, as well as Jusui's magical attacks, seem to be busting it up pretty badly. We bring it to Achilles. I, I move it. Yeah. And attack. All right. Go for it. So you run axe drawn? Yeah. Already yeah. drawn. Yeah. I had it out. Go for it. Roll your attack. Get him. 19. 19 will hit. Roll your damage. Um, so as you swipe it with the axe, it sort of rides back a little bit and you go for the second attack. 16. Hit. Eight points of damage. You take four damage, Shavi. You take four damage, Drew. And you take four damage, Achilles. Just from the close proximity of being within its range in this uh, instant. And then it's going to take its turn. You watch as it reaches out with one of its tornado-like arms. And it is going to make a touch attack at probably going to go Shavi. And then the first one misses, so it swipes directly over your head. And then the second one is going to be a two, so that's a miss as well. Miss so you watch me, as it miss me now, you gotta kiss me. <laughs> it literally does the scissors as it swipes above you, and you just dodge out of the way with this impressive flip. You watch as it begins to move. You guys need to roll a dexterity save if it moved past you, which is all of you. As it begins snaking around you all, it's almost like it's in this form of a serpent as it just sort of slides between all of you. Dex is plus four, so 22. All right, so all of you only take two points of fire damage as it slides its way past you and you dodge out of the way of it. None of you are on fire, luckily. As it left you, you do get an attack of opportunity, however. Well, it's... little bop. 22. 22 is a hit. Yep, so D4, you say? Yes. Plus four. Eight. Nine's a miss. Cool. 18's a hit. 18's a hit, so roll your damage. 15. 15's a hit. Five plus four is nine. Nine, very good. All right, so taking full damage from Shavi on the attack, all three of you attack it as it swipes by and uh, slice it in different portions of its body. That brings us then to top of the round. Shavi, then is just sweet. You're up after that. It okay. seems to be snaking around and writhing, getting angrier and angrier as it does, vortexing. I'm going to do the same thing. Do it. Oh and I'm going to touch it. I'm going to touch its taint. With well, your swords? With my blade. Yeah, nice. Go for it. So I want to do one first because then I'm going to shoot off after that and get out of there. Okay. Five. After that, because anything close gets hurt. Eleven's a miss. So you swipe it, and as it does, it snakes its way underneath your blade. Cool. And then I am going to disengage yep. out of there, back in behind the big boys. All right. So Pretty you please. begin. You begin diving back behind some of your heftier fellows, and you watch as the fire spirit rages on. While this is happening, Drew and Achilles, can you roll perception checks? So, so I'm attacking. Yep. Straight up. 
15. Hit. Uh, eight. Yeah, eight total. Okay, so one miss again, one hit. Roll your damage. So no sneak attack this time because it's not within five feet of anybody. Yep, yep. Uh, nine. He watches it goes through it, ricochets off the wall, uh, leaving this indent inside it as well. Uh, and with your perception checks, Drew and also Achilles, you watch as this fire elemental's flare, you watch as the three top discs, the shields, are sort of glowing. And the bottom one seems to be like a dull bronze, almost like it's rusted in this light. You can see that it is definitely poorly made and poorly crafted. At that, we get to Drew, then Achilles. I'm still thinking about the passage, and that's been a, the last time it told us kind of how to, to get past it. Mm-hmm. And so, this one says that anything that's poorly made needs to be fixed. But when she's mad, you always see her fiery might burst forth. She fixes and she mends all things, bronze statues in her wake. But if it's wrong, she'll get real mad and all her things will break. So do we break it or do we try and polish it? And then maybe if that doesn't work, break it because we might not be able to mend it after we break it. Yeah, I'm just going to run, try and run at the fire elements again and bite it again. Go for it. The 22 hit. That's going to hit. Roll your damage. Seven. Seven points of damage. Again, doesn't do as much damage as you thought, but you do bite through it all the same. Achilles, you're up. Go to an attack. All right, roll two attacks. So roll two 20s. Both hit. 14 and one hit. Oh, 14 one. and 10. Beefy boy. Beefy nice. boy. Yo! All right, so as you slice through it twice, you watch as your axes seem to be carving through. It doesn't seem to be doing as much damage as Shavi's, but even so, you're still taking chunks out of it. At that, you bring it to its turn. Achilles and also Drew, you take six points of fire damage just from being in proximity with it at the start of its turn as it's intending to heat up and you watch as it starts to grow bigger and bigger and bigger. You watch as it then will take two strike attacks, one at one at Drew, one at Achilles. Uh, the one that hits Drew is going to hit. The one that hits you, Achilles, is going to miss. So you watch as you just hold your axe up as this fire arm just bursts forth onto it and splinters on your axes. The other one, however, will deal... Oh, dear. <laughs> I don't like the sound of that. 16 points of fire damage. Fucking oh, Jesus, damn. fuck. That's a crispy tiger. Yeah. And you are on fire. 16, you said. Yep, 16 points of damage. And you watch as your tiger fur just <laughs> illuminates in fire and flame. Whoa. Kentucky fried cat. It's going to stay there on its turn, though, and that brings us to Shavi's go. What are you going to do? You keep looking at the shields and looking at the fire elemental. Yeah. It's continually growing. Okay, so I'm thinking maybe we should stop trying to attack That's this thing. Well, every time we attack it and get it angry, it keeps growing. Yep. I think we still need to do something about these shields. Three were glowing good. Oh, I think we need to fix this number yeah. four up. Do we rotate it until it like? Because uh, he's obviously said the top three are glowing, so they're hot, but their bottom one's yep. not hot. So let's rotate it until it glows. Let's try that. Good idea. I'm going to do that. You're going to give it a rotate? Give right. it a bit of a... So you run over to the shields. You'll have to use your action to do it. Yeah, And as you use your action to turn the shield, you watch as it starts to, like, turn on a rusty axis. It's like... And as it does that, you watch as the fire elemental gets bigger and angrier. Uh, No change in the shield at all. Because it's fucked. It's broken. And it doesn't like broken things. So we've got to fix it. I'm thinking. So he's got a bonus action, so try and polish it. Can I do that with a... I'll let you do it on a bonus action, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to fix up that four. Let's put it straight and... You spit on it and start yeah. rubbing it with your sl- uh, sleeve. Roll a sleight of hand check. There's a nine. So as you do, you can't seem to adjust the the carving in it. It's almost like it's embedded in the forgery. Like it, 
you can't straighten it if you try it. It's, and that fracture as well seems to be unfixable too. As you look at it and as much as you polish, it just won't, it won't buff. So looking at that, you've tried rotating, you've tried polishing, both seem to be ineffectual and both actually seem to make the fire elemental even angrier. So that then brings us to Jusui's turn. You watch as Xavi is continually trying to activate these shields and just has no luck doing everything that he's trying. I shoot. Roll an attack, two of them. Both hit. Roll damage. Oh, 21. Yeah. All right, 21. As you, and as you look towards Shavi, you sort of see him struggling. You aim over his shoulder with both pistols and fire. Bang, bang. As you do, you hear it ricochet off of the bronze and you watch as the second bullet just completely splits it in half. And as it does, you watch as it crumbles into fractals. Just As you do that, you watch as the room begins to cool. You watch as the fire elemental just snuffs out. And you look towards one of the broken pieces and you can see that it is the shape of this shining orange diamond. Hey. Fuck, it was that easy the whole time. You take a breath. You watch as Drew takes six points of fire damage from the fire. So you're still on fire. What do you want to do? Me. Well, um, still Stop, a, drop and roll. I'm still a tiger. Yeah. But um, can I force a potion of healing in his head? You hear rawr. Yeah. But I open my mouth. Yeah, so as I you pour do that, the potion into his mouth. Okay. So as Jusui and Shavi are Siegfried and roiding you, seven points of healing. And at that, you watch as the whole room begins to cool and grow silent again. You're in this darkened stone room now with very little light. The only light that seems to be in there is these bronze shields that are shining. So let's go out and put the diamond in the GTFO. constellation. As you go out and you put the diamond in the hole, you watch as the constellation grows orange and then you watch as the dice in the middle raises up a little bit more. Cool, 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 cool. And now it's the uh, order of war and death. Second win. Once per short rest, you can use a bonus action to regain 1d10 plus H- 1 HP. So second win me, which uh, puts me back to full health again. Well, then I will uh, turn back into a human and cast Cure Wounds on Shabby. Let's thank you. You begin to compose yourselves. Looking around, there is an orange and a blue glow in this chamber where the constellations are just illuminated, these diamonds shining and reflecting onto the ceiling beautifully. You look towards the last passage, this heavy hallway that has this skull above it. And as you look down, it almost seems to travel further and further away from you and you hear this... As you look down it. Before we go in, I'm going to read the passage to, to the group. Auburn, god of death and war, he keeps those locked away. In Juros' realm, below the earth, forever he will stay. His sacrifice is loved by all, our peace is paid in blood. For if he fails to do his job, the darkness it will flood. Does not sound good. Someone's going to pay in blood. And then uh, I think we, we walk into the room. You begin walking do down the hall. And as you do, you watch as the shadows from above almost envelop you completely. And it's almost as if you're walking down a hallway of complete darkness. You look behind you and you can see the blue and orange glows, a distant memory. And as you get to the doorway, you watch as it slides open for you and you enter into a chamber that seems to be squared as well. As you walk in, you can see that there are four statues standing facing each other in a circular pattern. You can see that they appear to be standing, all soldiers, and you can appear that one hand seems to be out and the other one seems to be on its blade. 
As you look around, you can see that the shadows around the room are almost swirling on the roof. And you can see that these walls aren't made of stone. They're made of skulls. Oof. Oof. That's that's heavy, bro. That's real heavy. I think from what I can gather from the story, it's that Auburn, uh, I guess, keeps the darkness and these potential spirits locked at bay, and he's sacrificed himself for that. So, but where it says our peace is paid in blood, that I think maybe we might have to make, make a blood pact. We maybe need to give him a bit of an offering because it says if he fails to do his job, the darkness will flood. As you I, say that. You hear the unmistakable sound of stone grinding on stone and the door (laughs) shuts behind you. You look up and you can see that the swirling mass of black darkness, you see almost like humanoid figures within it just moving and swimming in this black sea. You watch as it begins moving slowly down towards you. Down, down towards you. You watch as... My thoughts of the hand is out. Let's pay your blood. Pull my knife out and just cut myself across the, the hand and hold it up to the darkness as you hold it up to the darkness the blood dripping down your forearm it doesn't appear to do anything i would suggest put it onto his the statue's hand that's out yeah. oh yeah put it onto the statue's hand that's out sorry my bad as you say that just where you give him a nod and you move directly towards the statue and you swipe your hand with the blood offering on the outstretched hand of the statue of the warrior as you do you watch as there is a red glow that surrounds that statue there are three more that remain you take one point of slashing damage Hey, Achilles, why don't you do the rest? (laughs) (laughs) You watch as Achilles begins moving towards these statues and you watch as he takes a blood offering and cuts himself and he will do one as well. He grasps in a warrior's grip. We're all doing it then. I'm in. I look at Shavin. We both walk over to the remaining ones. I finger like the tiniest bit. (laughs) All right. As you do that, you watch as two of these dark figures begin coming out of the actual swimming sea of shadows and they just... Apparate right next to you guys. You watch as they're like these demento looking people, their cloaks billowing. <laughs> and you can see these open maws of these faceless looking individuals. They just sort of move towards you and you get this cold shuddering feeling as they do. You, Shavi, prick your finger and put the blood offering on the last one. You watch as three of them are now glowing. And at that, they begin moving their way towards you. Both the shadows drew, one surrounding your front, one towards the back. The first one gets a 16 to hit. Nope. nope. The next one gets a 17 to hit. Nope. All right, so both of them move their force over you, and as they do, they sort of collide and swim past your form. You feel incredibly cold, and this necrosis starts to set in, but you shake it off as they move past you. What would you like to do? Well, stare at them, their cloaks, and obviously just realize that their billowing cloaks are nothing compared to my billowing cloak. (laughs) And then as they brush over me, I quickly, as quick as I can, try and, yeah, slice, you know, uh, or stab one of my fingers to be able to put uh, a small amount of my blood on the last hand. Yep. So both of you will also take one point of slashing damage. You watch as the blood goes around the last statue and starts to glow in red. And you watch as it does that, the light seems to permeate through and get rid of the sea of darkness above you. You watch as both of these shadows just <laughs> dissipate. And you watch as the door behind you just opens once again. You watch as in the hand of the last warrior statue that you gave an offering to, you watch as the drop of blood changes and turns into this red diamond. I was a little afraid. All Boys, I'm glad we figured that one out quickly. Yeah, me yeah. too. Fucking oath. All right, so what would you guys like to do? Let's get on out and get put, on it out in and the put it in the hole. All right, as you begin making your way out with this red gem in tow, you find the constellation of Auburn and you drop the final piece in. As you do that, you watch as the red constellation flares. And as it does, the dais 
raises to its final height. You watch then as the bowl that seems to be in the centre of this dais begins to glow white. All four of you peer in at once. You watch as this gem appears, this sphered gem that seems to have almost like a galaxy inside of it. You've never seen anything more beautiful before. Can we roll history? Yes, you can. All right, so Drew, you're looking at it. The other members of your party seemingly puzzled. This looks this looks like a star. Pretty. Very cool. And as you look at it, it's almost like the infinite threads of possibility are at your disposal as you as you glean this but mystical orb. When I when I grab it, do I or if I you know, grab it, do I feel anything other than that? There is a radiance to it. It's definitely magical and it's powerful enough to actually exude a force. It doesn't seem to activate or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Sounds like something that mum might the whole thing with We it. are not giving it to your mother. No, but sounds like something she might know how to. She has already used the sphere. You are a sphere, baby. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like mum might know how we actually you know, can activate it and use its power. So I think now that we've got it, yeah, I'll, I'll grab it and uh, we'll try and make our way out. Okay. Easily enough to do, you begin walking your way out of this constellation room. And you begin traversing the stairway up. As you begin making your way up the stairs, you hear the waterfall once again and you pass by the lake and the lagoon that seems to be too shallow to house any sort of hydra. But as you walk past, the waterfall sort of closes behind you and you watch as there is almost like a mystical layer of mist that forms around the pool once more. Don't like where this is going. As you look towards the light of the moon that's shining down upon the pool and the trees... There's almost like a peaceful calm that hits the trove in the grove. You hear a voice come from behind the trees. Back so soon, boys. Indeed. We have gotten the orb. Well, it seems as though my offerings and assistance and wisdom words served you well. Quite well. Thank you, Mama. She gives a nod and she says, I had all the faith in you, boy. All the faith in the world. Do you have it? Yes, Mama, we have it. The boon. Um, I'm not going to pull it out, but I say, yes, we have it. Is there anything you could uh, tell us on how we might actually, what we can do with it or how we can use it? She looks towards you and she says, This boon, it will give its user its deepest desire. But it can only be used one time. She says, if you are to use it, You must make sure that the sacrifice is worthy. What do I need to... So you're saying there's a sacrifice. What do I need to sacrifice to be able to use it? You must pledge yourself to a life of servitude. Happened then with with mum. Who did she pledge it to and what does that look like for her? I pledged it to Mardol, god of life. She gave me you, and in return, she took my grace and my beauty. But it was a worthy sacrifice to pay. First thing that pops into mind is, I don't, I don't want to lose my beauty. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, I don't think even the gods could rob you of that, and she pulls your cheek with her sharp nails. <laughs> mm. She says, if you are to use this, though, the cost varies. The payment, well, it will be in accordance of what you receive. 
Interesting. So the bigger the sacrifice, the bigger the the boon, I guess. She nods and mm. she says, if you intend to give this to somebody else, you must be sure that they understand that that is what they are sacrificing. Understood, Mama. Would you like to stay for the evening and leave upon the morrow? Return Thanks, this as quickly as possible. I've started to like you boys very much. And you watch as she scruffles Shabby's hair. And she says, my boy has made the prettiest friends. Prettiest friends to match his pretty face. Thank you, Mama Eid. And she looks towards you and gives you a nod. And she moves through the forest. As you follow, you bid her farewell at her shack. And you continue to walk through the nighttime. Drew, roll a survival check with advantage, please. I seriously thought you were going to turn mum on us then. Mm. 22. I was very worried. <laughs> 22. As you begin walking, you are able to bypass a lot of the treacheries that this wood entails. You have to weave your way around a various ins- amount of difficulties in terms of terrain, but you're able to get back to where you entered the spine wood. You hear the lumbering neighs of the horses, but as you do... Roll perception checks, everybody. Well, we have two interested parties interested in this orb. Mm. We have the black-haired man and we have Dragon and the Unseen. Mm. Now, Dragon wanted this orb to get in the good graces of the black-haired man. Mm. Maybe when we give this orb to Dragon, we say, we know the black-haired man is after this orb. If you want to be in his good graces, you give it to him. Mm. And that way we, I don't know. One one and one together. Holding this thing, I'm thinking maybe what am I willing to sacrifice and what am I going to get for it? So I'm I'm, I'm thinking possibly greedy here. Uh, We've got, you know, Mr. Gunslinger here (laughs) just to pop daggers out whenever I want. I'm thinking, hmm, what kind of crazy, you know, I'm, I'm, but no. So do I see him getting a bit power tripped? I rolled a 20. Yep. So he's looking at this sphere very, uh, this Orb very intently, and as he's looking at it, you've seen that look before, and people are being common amongst thieves. It's sort of like a look of desire. I take the orb off him and I slap him. I'm definitely not giving it up. I'm just through my head. I'm I'm tossing up. There's there's a couple of options here. Obviously, do we give it to Dragon? Do we give it to the um the the dark one? Okay, so or he do I take it? Just we you go to take it off him, and you feel this slap across your calf as Shavi hits you. And then you sort of snap back into it. And what do you say to your party? Because he looks like he's about to take it off of you. So what do you say? I precious. <laughs> <laughs> no, I say um, I'm only merely thinking of of us as a team as well. I know we obviously that we don't want to get on Dragon or the Dark One's bad side. Be a good ticket for us to make us as a group pretty badass as well. Just something to think about. I think regardless of how badass we are, we do not want the type of enemies that we will get from using this. As you say that, what was your perception check as well? 18. Both of you, as you look through the trees, you hear your horses, but you also see firelight as if somebody's camped at that area near where your horses are. I'm going to cast Pass Without Trace again. Yeah, nice. As you do that, you watch as this green fog billows around you and almost merges you in like camouflage style in the trees. So what are you doing for your stealth checks? You're hiding behind a tree, is your sweet? I'm hiding up a tree. So we just, we looked at each other and he, and we all go, okay, fishy, which means Achilles and us three are hiding and he's bait. Achilles gives you a nod and says, fishy. And he will go and hide. With 31 stealth. 
okay. what I'm going to do is I will sort of casually walk out, like obviously trying to make sure that no one's going to jump me, but I'm definitely going to use my cloak of billowing to make it billow dramatically as I walk <laughs> out. All right. So you watch as Shavi climbs the tree to your left, Jusui climbs the tree to your right, and you watch as Achilles moves towards a low bush and sort of just ducks down holding the axe at the ready. As he does that, you walk past him into the clearing and into the firelight and you watch as his cloak, like Superman standing on top of the Daily Planet, just <laughs> billows outwards, <laughs> hands on hips. And as you do, you see a sight of a camp. You can see makeshift bedrolls that seem to be rolled out. You can see five individuals sitting there by your horses. You can see that the fire seems to have a pot on top of it and the five individuals seem to be all wearing black. One of them seems to be wearing a hood and has a golden arm. You watch as he seems to be sitting there, just seem to be like meddling with some pieces of paper in his hand. As you see that, and you all see this from your positions as well, you watch as the other four individuals look like members of the unseen. So you walk out and see that, Drew. What do you do? With your cloak billowing, <laughs> you expect them all to look at you very ferociously, but as you do... You don't gain any attention. They just seem to be continuing to meander upon their way. Then mm. I guess, uh, and the are the rest of the group in a position where they can see that? Yes. Yeah. Okay, cool. You guys are up elevated in the tree. You can see it's probably 50 or so feet towards the ground. Mm-hmm. I feel like he probably knows of your presence. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's got the connection with you. So. Yeah. So, well, if we realize it's them, do we want to, you know, just all join up or are we thinking that you want to stay hidden i feel like we're a little bit more iffy about him now because he's going for this whole immortality thing Mm. and obviously we still don't really have a reason to not and he hasn't yeah like he's very power hungry but i mean i don't think we've been given a reason not to trust him i'll I'll walk a little bit closer but still Mm -hmm. you know back a little bit and just say hail and well met As you say that and you billow your cloak once more, you watch as all four of the Unseen members draw their daggers and (laughs) bills. You watch as they look towards him and four of them approach you and they say, are you the one? Is he the one? And they look back towards the man in black and the man in black just nods. And you watch as he stands up and he says, welcome, won't you take a seat? It appears we have a lot to talk about. It appears we do, but I'm tempted to not want to take a seat with four people holding daggers towards me. Oh, they all lower them. We're all part of the same team here, aren't we? And you watch as he holds up his good hand and you can see an eye tattoo there. Mm. The tattoo of the unseen. And then I Except guess- it looks it looks almost older in its make, almost like a first edition version. Oh. He looks at it and he says... This organization has grown beyond my wildest dreams. Seems my time in the tome has become an advantage. Sit. Eat. We have much to discuss. You watch as he tucks pages into his robes as he looks towards you curiously. You watch as he unhoods himself. You can see that he has black hair that seems to go down past his shoulders and these piercing blue eyes. He's quite handsome in his face and he's got pale white skin. So very interesting. I think I guess I, I look around uh, to the rest of the, the group then and I almost I usher them to 
to, to come out. Yeah, I was going to say, I jump down from the tree and meet him at the fire and yeah, walk into the down. firelight. All right. Achilles will stay. Yeah, Eden. smart. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know Delmac anyway. Mm. Well, he's never met him. And you watch as he stands up. The man in black opens his arms and he says, Welcome to the Crown Killers. Take a seat. And you watch as you guys sit down. He says to you, It seems you are successful this night in gaining something quite mysterious and quite powerful. Am I correct in assuming so? You may be correct, my friend. But before we go on, I would like a proper introduction. I am Jesui. I know your name, Jesui. I know a lot about you already. So I suppose an introduction is only fair. My name is Delnak. And I'm at your service. He bows. Well, Matt Delnak, good sir. He looks towards you. He says, and you, small one, I'm not acquainted with, nor you. Your names? You may call me Drew. It seems we have a lot to discuss. Sharvi? And I bow a little bit as well. He gives a nod and he says, Oh, don't mind them. He looks to the other members of the Unseen. He says, You don't think you were the only ones that I was talking to, did you? It's called insurance. Just making sure we all come to an agreement. Now, the object that you hold has great power. I want it. So what do I have to give you in exchange? Well, my friend, this uh, this puts us in a little bit of a pickle. Whilst you may seem to be unseen, we still have a, a quest to, to clear with our underboss. We cannot rightly clear this quest off of our off of our ledgers with uh, after giving you this this orb oh your honor just sweet is is paramount you're a man of direction you want to finish this quest and turn it into dragon let me tell you many years ago i began an organization within the budding city of cadmia That organization was all about revealing the truth. It operated in the shadows in the underbelly. And today it has grown into this. Now I have returned. Though any boss that you call yours will surely answer to me. Loyally, of course. I have returned to claim my rightful place in the Unseen. Would Dragon feel the same way? He will be made to. I think the man in black... Then you'll have no harm in us taking it to him. For expediency's sake, let's skip the middleman, shall we? I look at Delnak and I say... What's the rush? How much do you know about this this item? Do you understand that it's not? it doesn't just give, it also takes? He looks towards you and he says... That item would be used by many against... Me, against us, the Unseen. Surely you wouldn't want any harm coming to a brother of yours. Any harm coming to me. 
directly hurt you. So I may not use this item or need it for my own personal gain. I have many plans in action as we speak. But I also have many thorns in my side that I need to keep distracted while I enact my true purpose. I think I, I look at the other two and obviously Shavi wanting to, you know, knowing Dragon very well and wanting to move up in that. So we're, we're pretty much sided with the with the unseen, right? Well, do you trust us not to use it against you? And why wouldn't you let us keep it? You are formidable. I will agree and attest to that. And with the crown killer, he looks towards Jusui. You are a mighty foe to all. But there are some within the Valiant Odyssey Adventurers Guild that could best you. I, I look at Delon, or I look at Delonac and I look at Jesui, and I think um, compared to Dragon, I think Delonac is definitely probably the more powerful of the two. So, and obviously he gave the Jesui the guns. So um, I look back at Delonac and I say, um, what would you use the orb for then? Like, um, could you give us, I guess, more of a specific and also what, you know, like something like this, this incredibly powerful, what would you be willing to you know, give to us in, in return for retrieving it for you? If gold is what you truly desire, there will be an endless supply by my side. If power is what you desire, that is coming too. I offer an untamed lease on life. I offer the truth. I offer peace in its own way, this continent plagued by warfare. I do not mean to solve the world's problems, I am not a messiah. I am like you. I'll be completely honest with you boys. I want mine. Can you blame a man for that? No, I can't. If I am given this orb, I will treat all three of you as my confidants, my right-hand men in my plan to come. You will be safe. You will be generals. And any more trinkets I receive, any more artifacts of chaos, they might find themselves in new hands, for I have to arm my generals, am I correct? Correct. Do you have anything that you can offer us now? Oh, patience. <laughs> patience. See, time is what I desire. Time is something that many of us need. So we'll hold it till then. I'm sold. Well, I, I look at Delnak and then I say, um, everything that you've described to us sounds, sounds great. Sounds like we would be profitable and well looked after, but they are just promises at the moment. And we haven't seen anything so far in the way of collateral. He looks to you and he says, and he passes over all three of you. He says to you, I understand that you might be untrusting. That is a nature that will keep you alive. It is smart to be that way. But just know that you're asking me to also trust you with nothing in return. After all, I've gifted one of you something quite powerful already. 
So as cautious as you are, I am doubly so. Then I think I'll, I'll look at Shavi and Jaswi as I, as I, I guess, talk to Delnak and say, you have looked after us and uh, you did help us get out of to what was potentially a sure death for us before. So I think we would be willing to give you the orb, but on potentially some contingencies. So with, was it Shavi being brought up by Dragon? You must so, make it right with Dragon. Yeah. We what did, would happen we to Dragon? Just, we were to turn it, to return it to him. And from what we believe, he was trying to serve you anyway. He is loyal and he is as willing to cooperate as you three seem to be. He will find himself amongst our ranks. Well, then I think I look to Jeswi and Shavi and then I think, would we then consider this orb as a down payment for Delnak for more that's to come to us in the future? Yep. Hesitatingly, yes. Yes, I think we hand it over. I don't think we really have a choice, honestly. Mm. Yeah. Take our lives him. today to try again tomorrow. Yep, 100%. Give him the fucking orb. Hand over the orb. He takes it. And as he does, he twirls it around and he says, Really is a thing of beauty. Wouldn't you agree? He holds it between two fingers in his golden hand. And you watch as it disappears. I thank you. And so does the Unseen. We're all part of the same clan. And he begins walking into the forest. Leaving you with the four that are there. So, so, so. You see this man standing up that seems to have a darkened eye patch. And you see him next to an elf and also next to a tabaxi and also next to another human. And you watch as they sort of look towards you and they say, you're the crown killers. We? I'm going to level with you. Delnak brought us here. He told us to prepare for anything. Now we're all part of the same cloth and, you know, he seems to have our best interests at heart. But if you oppose him, Probably no line he won't cross. I look back at them and I say, do you realize what we have just done? We're no one to be messed with either. We've heard your names. He watches the tabaxi stands up and says, you have climbed the ranks quite quickly. The blade talks highly of you too. It is said, whispers, that he has conversed directly with Delnek, that they are on the same page. The remaining members of the Unseen, those that are attempting for political correctness, let's just say we'll weed out the weak. You watch as they sit down. The night goes on. Can we get on our horses and fuck off? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You get on your horses and leave the camp. You watch as they give you a salute goodbye and you begin galloping back towards Cadmia. Before you do... You check where Achilles was hiding. And he's gone. Motherfucker. Okay. 
let's go talk to Dragon. Yeah, I agree. First. Yeah. So I'm going to we'll do the boat the thing. Now. Let's do the boat under the knight statue. Yeah. Okay. And summon Dragon. So you take the three quarters of the day to travel into Cadmia. And the city, even though you've been through a lot, seems to be ever moving. You make your way to the Honorable Knight. You sit in your usual positions. Shava, you climb up to the knee guard <laughs> of this statue and place the small boat made of paper in one of its grooves and you wait. The day goes on an hour or so. You watch as children play in the market square, the weight of what's just happened weighing heavily on you. You eventually watch as you hear a voice from behind you that says, Boys. And you turn around and see the orcish figure with a hood over his head just leaning against a pole, tusks protruding out in what's left of the day. There's somewhere that we can have a bit of a chat? Of course. We can go into this here alley. Call it my office. And you watch as he slithering fish pub. <laughs> <laughs> you watch as he walks down the alleyway and you guys nestle up beside these kegs and it seems to have this overhang that seems to make it quite sheltered and dark and you hear the city probably about forty or so feet away from you hustling and bustling. He removes his hood. And you can see a scar that runs down his face that wasn't there before. My friend, what happened to your face? Bar fight is nothing. Well, I I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but I'm not sure it is bad news. Can I roll an insight check to see if it was yep. if he was lying? Twelve. He's shifty. He's usually confident and fully fronted. Mm-hmm. There's just like a shake in his voice. It's slight, but you catch it. Before we talk, what are your thoughts on this Delmac person? That name is unfamiliar to me. Whom do you speak? The man, the man in black. The man in ah, black. The man in black, yes. He, it is rumored, is a shadow that is seeping into Cadmia slowly but surely. Delmac, you say, is his name. This name, he, he is very well tied in with our organization, my friend. One must be older than I know. Years. Years ago, in fact. This organization is old. I don't know every member. I'm not as brushed up on my history as I should be. Well, he took he's the He's got orb. the tattoo, yeah. So he's part of the... And he took the Yeah, yeah he's got... He's, he's got, got the tattoo. tattoo. So he's I mean this and he holds the up a hand. Yeah. Yep. That boulder. Seems to be of, of... Yeah. He looks and he says, well, this is good news. This means that this entity is an ally to us. Is that not correct? Hmm. I say, um, we've, we've run into him once before and uh, I let him know what happened. Prison that we met, the man in black before, oh, yeah, and he helped us out. And then recently when we were returning from retrieving the orb, he showed us that he did have the unseen tattoo and he had unseen guards with him. And the tattoo definitely seemed to be like a much older, uh, maybe like he'd had it for a lot longer and said, yeah, he was definitely early, very early on, part of the Unseen may have even been one of the, the first person to create the the Unseen Guild or the Unseen Clan and was very, very interested in the orb. We definitely spoke about, you know, you wanting the orb as well to be on good terms with the man in black. So uh, he expressed that, what would you say? We'll I feel like we way. were probably more forced slash intimidated to give him the orb before 
anyone. He's definitely a very powerful individual. Well. He watches you just taking it in. He says, I haven't been in contact with the blade for quite some time. Perhaps I'll confer with him. We did find out that apparently he, Dolnak himself, has been in contact with the blade. That they are on the same page. Well, it may seem that we've been working for them all along. As far as I'm concerned, nothing's changed. We are far too far down the hierarchy to squabble with who's in charge of the Unseen as long as our goals remain the same. I think that uh, train of thought will keep us alive for now. Do we get, do we get paid for this job? <laughs> he looks to you and says, Rewards are divvied up between those that bring it and you come to me empty-handed. Mm. Intelligence, yes, that is well met. If you want money, I can think of a few things that could get us some. Speaking of which, I noticed that you had that ledger in your presence. By now you would have had enough time to look it through, and I haven't been completely honest with you boys. I owe a lot of people a lot of money. When we met, I was using you to get me out of that debt. For that, I am sorry. But they're coming to collect. The chain is tightening, you might say. So the riches that we find and need to find, well, we need to find them quick. Or I need to find them quick. Does this have anything to do with the scar in your face? He nods and he says, Don't worry about that, son. I can take it. I look at Dragon and I said, well... We appreciate the honesty. I think Dragon, you know, if I speak for the, the group, he has been you know, helpful to us in terms of, you know, sending us on missions and letting us get, you know, riches for our rewards. So I think we are thankful for that and owe it to you to be able to you know, help. That's very much appreciated and I will wholeheartedly keep you in the loop from here on in. Oh, by the way, where is your big friend? He disappeared. He vanished without a trace after we spoke to... Delmac. Delmac. Not during, for all we know. During. Well, it might be interesting to find out what he knows. What he's conveyed to his allies at the Odyssey Guild. That was where he said he was from, was it not? It was. Yes. If nothing else, just we, you have an agreement to honor. Indeed. Remember. Much like the missions I give you. You can listen to them. You can take them on board, but whether you assign yourself to the loyalty of another, well, that call is yours. And you watch as he points you in the chest, like he, he touches your chest with an index finger, just so he, he says, You're good at something. You should never do it for free. I'll be in touch. If I hear anything of this Delnak, any movements above the chain, You'll be the first to know. And he leaves. Well, how are we feeling at the moment about what's happened? I think that went pretty well. That could have easily gone a lot worse. What are you guys' thoughts on Delnak? Uh, my friends, he, he's a very dangerous man. He gives off the vibe. Of power? 
the vibes are not so great. A good opportunity for us to move up we and increase our skills. Very powerful. Very and powerful indeed. The If we think about it, the other side is that he, I think from Donak's point of view, if we're not with him, then we're against him. And that at the moment, I think would be very bad. This, we, this power struggle and this Donak, he can wait, yes? Mm-hmm. Would you two like to accompany me to the Valiant Odyssey Adventurers Guild? I will journey with you. Let's do it. And we wander off. It doesn't take you long to get there as it resides in the north ward of the city and you eventually turn your way into the cul-de-sac and you see the building for the first time. You can see a three-storied structure. To the left of it, you see a massive stone tower where a telescope points into the clouds. You can see the bottom story seems to have stained glass windows and operates as a tavern and there is a big wooden door at the front of it where the stone steps lead up toward. You can see that the top two floors seem to be housing or rooms like an inn and you can see a large circular shield above the door that has a V and an O on the top of it. As you move your way into the building, you go in. Yeah. Yep. Yep. You hear a bard that's playing over by the fireplace. And as you enter, you can see a bar towards the back with a staircase that leads upstairs behind it. What's the bard playing? Uh, Carry on my wayward son. You watch as you all begin tapping your foot as this bard seems to be playing really, really well. And you look past them at the fireplace and behind that you see a sign that appears to say there are many qualities that make up a hero. And then it says Thorzite underneath. You can see many trophies within that room. You see various heroes drinking by the taps. And you can see a bald bartender that seems to be half elven with a tuft of hair look towards you as you enter and then continue back towards their work. Can we see Achilles? You cannot. Okay. So I go up to the bartender and I say, my friend, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Well, that is excellent. Welcome to the Valley and Odyssey Adventurers Guild. I will be your servant today. My name is Malone. Hello, Malone. Is there somebody that I could talk to who is in charge? Arden's in charge. Would you like to talk to him? Uh, I guess Arden will be the person that Are you I heroes here? You registered? We have not, my friend. We are not heroes to register. You looking to sign up? We are not. We have been asked to communicate with you. Do you have an appointment slip? I do not. Um, we, uh, we've been expected. A gentleman named Achilles uh, said oh. that he Say no more. wanted to meet us here. Achilles works the door. He hasn't been here for quite so, quite a few days, but, well, a day and a half. I wonder where that big guy's got to. Um, upstairs. Arden's always upstairs. If he's not in the war room, he's in his office. Well, thank you, my friend. I hope that you have a pleasant day. He gives you a nod, he says, and to you too. And we walk up the stairs. I turn to the guys and they say, Achilles hasn't, Achilles hasn't come back. Hasn't come back yet. Yeah. Got a good on. look. At that, you begin making your way up the stairs and you enter this war room. You can see this large mahogany table and a fireplace at the back and that appears to be empty, but you do see a staircase that leads upwards. You see a dwarf move across the room and you can see it's a, a dark-haired dwarf that seems to have this massive bow across his shoulders. He looks at you and grunts as he moves past. You eventually make your way up the stairs and you find this two-double-doored entryway one of the doors seems to be open and you can see a man just seems to be having an elbow on his desk. He's got this brown mop of hair and a mustache seems to be growing through as he sits there. You see illuminated lights on his desk as he appears over them and then writes a note. You see he's got these spectacles over his nose. He sort of takes them off and puts them down and rubs his brow. As he sees you guys across the hall and he stands up looking puzzled. 
Well met, new friend. My name is Jesus Undu. There is somebody here who wants to talk to me. Well, that would be me. Ah. My name is Arden Cassian. Please come in and close the door. And you watch as he beckons you to. We go inside and close the door. As you do, you take a seat at this table. And you can see the bookshelves that align the room give off the smell of old paper. And as you close the door, you get like a safe feeling in here. It's weird. You look towards Arden as he moves around you guys as you sit down and sits down in his own chair. He cracks his knuckles and he says, Jesui, I've heard of you. Your name is being whispered through the underbelly of this town, as are those of your allies. So the pleasure is mine. I am Arden Cassian, proprietor here at the Valiant Odyssey Adventurers Guild and Tavern. I'm sure you don't want the spiel of what I offer here. You're not here to sign up as adventurers, I believe. We are not. We made an agreement with Achilles. Well, just we it's made an agreement with yeah. Achilles that he would come and have a conversation. In you return. are here to honor that. Tell me, is he well? We <clears throat> do not know. We parted ways. He looks down and he says, it is honorable that you should, uh, well, commit to finishing what you started in his name. I'll send some people to look for him to make sure he is safe. He's a good man. Anyway, I'm glad you're here, Jusui. I believe, if you don't mind me being so forward, your history is one that I'm interested in. What of my history? Your connection with the Foreign Legion on Almira, above the continent of Kalimvor, where the High Elves now reside. Your people hold great power. Especially those in the intelligence wing, the one that you are from. And how did you find out this information about me? We have similar friends. I was linked very closely, you might say, to a woman named Redalia. She resides up there now. Mm. I have not been in contact with her for some time, as you know, contact between... Your people and ours is very limited, your branch being the only one able to do so. And what do you want to say to my friends? There is an entity that is growing within this city. A shadow. A man by the name of Delnak the Outcast is gathering forces, and we do not know what he intends to do. But we know that since his escape from the spirit-bound tome, it cannot be good. He is a deadly force, one that is centuries old. He has desecrated many cities in his wake, and he has claimed many lives in the process. Those that don't stand with him are left to dust in his wake. My adventuring parties, they are strong, but we need help. Just we, your people, have provided aid on many occasions through history. The angels are well revered. They're as close to the champions of the gods as we can get, and it seems that you yourself, having made a name for yourself with your allies in this city in such a short time, is a testament to that. I need you to make contact with your people. My people, they do not give a shit what happens down here. I understand. They're very These flippant. These fights are your own. I'm down here. I do these things. But I do not think you understand the animosity that there is. 
They do not give a shit about your petty troubles. They do not care about the big bad evil. How do you expect me to convince them to help you? I will do the convincing. All you are required to do is open a channel of communication. My friend, it will take me some time to find who I need to communicate with to open that channel. But a piece of advice, your purse should be very large when you talk to my friends. He looks to you and he says, There are many treasures that we have gained. And if that is the cost of an alliance, then so be it. The safety of this city and its people are my primary interest, as is the safety of the adventurers that fall under my banner. There is no brotherhood like the Valiant Odyssey Adventurers Guild, and if Achilles calls you one of his own, and so do I. I think I, I look over at Arden and I say, what can you tell us more about this Delnak? As for, for us, some would say he's a seeker of truth. Some may say that. But the means in which he does so is... Well, he was a student at the Wasonia Institute of Arcana many, many years ago. He was gifted, talented, far beyond the purview of anyone his age. The headmaster there at the time, they began to get worried as the avenues in which he chose to study became more and more obtuse. In that restriction, Delnak grew vengeful. He took what he knew and he began to gather forces within this city. And that is the first recordings known of the unseen. At first, it was trivial. The criminal acts that they forged upon the city, they made a name for themselves quickly. And Delnak grew in power as his studies increased. Eventually, you might say that his arcane arts ventured into necromantic territory. Raising the dead, using the lives of others to extend his own, it was perverse, evil, and he didn't care but to venture his own progression. Eventually he left. He left a trail of destruction in his wake, destroying many clans, many cities. Those that followed him, they were just as volatile as him. They laid waste to many that lived on the plain of Kalimvor. Many clans don't exist anymore because of it. He looks around and he says, the monks of the Sun Soul, they made a final stand. They were able to imprison him in the spirit-bound tome and until recently he was kept there for many, many years. But those that followed him remained on this plane and his influence, even from those many years ago, continues to today. And that wave of destruction, well, let's just say that it can be traced back to those loyal to him. He looks towards you and says, his escape was unintentional. But now that he is out, we don't want history to repeat itself. Um, I look at Arden and I say, 
depends on what side of history you're on. The side of humanity. My friend, I can, I can do this task. I can open the communication. It will not be cheap, but my fee is my fee. Roll a persuasion check with advantage. Uh, 21. <laughs> he looks to you and he nods and he says, I thank you for your service, Jusui. And he looks towards you, fishing for a name. You may call me Drew. He nods and looks to you. Davi. Davi who? Davi. Nods. Thank you to the three of you. We will pay you handsomely. How can we expect to contact you? You can't. I will contact you. He nods. And he says, and how do I know that you will not take this money and run? Because I give you my word, my friend. Surely I broke enough trust between you and I coming here without being made just on the basis of that I said I would. He holds up a hand and he says, I did not mean to dispute your honor, Master High Elf. These times are weary, but we can sacrifice this in order to get this alliance. As he says that, you can see his mouth moving, but it's almost like the sound is dulled as something enters your mind. Oh, fuck. You hear this sound and this voice familiar to you that says, Yes, we. <coughs> you look to your allies and you can see them, Xavi and Drew, conversing with Arden, but it's mute to you. As all you hear is him, he says, Yes, we. I would get out of there if I were you. And then that fades away. My friends, we must leave. Arden stands up and says, It was a pleasure to meet you. 1,200 gold today so that I can make this contact. 1,200 after you've made contact. He watches, he moves to a chest behind him, takes out these bags, and he puts them onto the table and he says, You can trust me. You don't need to count this. All right. Throw one bag to Drew, one rat, because 400 gold in each bag, I'd assume. One bag to each. <laughs> and like, right now, we must away. And you hear this voice in your head again that says, Quickly now. We will be in contact in the coming days. Ten. Nine. And I start ushering And you hear Arden say, I bid you good luck and farewell. And you well hear met. it counting down. And I'm hurrying us outside, going, go, 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 Help. go. You begin running outside, and as you do, you exit the door, and you can see the merriment is happening within the tavern as you exit the door and enter the cul-de-sac. You start running across the way. You look towards your left, and in the crowd, you can see it part just so, and you can see a man in a cloak holding out a golden arm, and he's looking towards you, and he smiles, and he says, Well met. And then you hear this explosion. You look behind you, and you can see pieces of wood flying in the air. You see glass shattering. You can see people just diving each and every way. You look behind you, you can see the Valiant Odyssey Adventurers Guild in flames. You see smoke billowing into the sky. (laughs) You watch then as people run out of the windows completely on fire. As you run around the corner and look towards Delnak, you watch as he smiles, makes his way down an alleyway. Shit. Holy shit. Well, guys, that's it for season one of D&D Valiant Odyssey. We want to give you the biggest thank you for all of you who have listened 
to any episodes and especially those who have listened to all of our episodes. Our stories are special to us and we've loved making them, so we hope that you have loved listening to them. But don't stress, we'll be back with Season 2 to find out what's going to happen with Delnak the Outcast and the Adventures of the Valiant Odyssey Guild later on. In the meantime, you can catch us on Instagram in the show notes below. You can catch us in Discord in the show notes below. And we also have a Twitch channel where myself, Aaron, the Dungeon Master, plays video games and talks to our audience. So come on over, have a chat to the friendliest crew that ever made a podcast. And thank you so much again for all your time and for listening to our little stories. From the bottom of my heart, I appreciate you and well met.